KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO on a Monday. Glad you're with us as we will talk football with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, Trent Condon and myself on the BMW of Des Moines guest list coming up in the on the show today. Uh, Dylan Montz from Iowa State. We have to get Dylan in here prior to Matt Campbell's uh, Big 12 teleconference. So he'll be the first guest up this morning, the only guest of the first hour. He'll join the show approximately 1030-ish as we'll uh, recap things uh, from Iowa State's perspective, see if there's any injuries that came out of that football game, uh, and get the latest with Dylan as they get set to take on Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks pay a visit to Jack Trice Stadium, uh, 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, and do so is just uh, shy of a three-touchdown favorite. In the 11 o'clock hour, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football from a national perspective about 11.05. There were some decent games uh, this weekend. And then Mark Morehouse, we're going to move him to Monday as Mark is going fishing. Ooh. Ross Peterson's fishing. Yes. Mark Morehouse is fishing. I've got fishing envy, uh, but I did a lot of it as a kid growing up, and as I've said many times, it's one of the few things I miss about living up there the summer months. Uh, but anyways, Trent's a lot to ground to cover. It was an unbelievable Saturday. I found myself wishing that the game would be postponed just so we could have another week of buildup uh, because it moves the needle on sports talk radio in this market like nothing else does. Uh, but in the end, they played the game, and you know what? I was entertained like crazy. Yeah, I really was. I thought it was... Look, at on the disappointing note as a fan with no interest and just wanted to see some drama at the end when you like to see Brock Purdy with a buck 37 by the way why did they throw a pass and at the end get pushed out of bounds to stop the clock why did they throw that pass well, well that get into pass that. right to the sidelines just ridiculous yeah I'll give you the fact if you want to throw a pass okay mm-hmm. uh but yeah, anyways but um we got cheated a little bit, yes. I thought. I wanted to see Iowa's defense, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy and the Iowa State offense, mano a mano, let's go. But it didn't happen. Uh, Daytron Young trying to make a block. And we'll, um, you know, sadly, that one will stick with him uh, for a while. I'm sure you've seen the Photoshop of him in the Iowa locker room being presented with the game ball uh, from Kirk Ferentz after the game. Um, it can be funny and mean at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Depends on your perspective on that one. Anyways, a lot, so much to... I mean, there's so many things we could discuss. Let's start with just the atmosphere itself. You were there. Mm -hmm. Um, It looked great on television. I mean, Iowa State showed out. No surprise. Game day was terrific. It just added to the hype of the state's biggest game. Um, Kind of give us the 411. How did you find it when you got there very early in the morning? Got there very early, decided to come in from the north as opposed to come in from the south and from everything I was reading on Twitter. That's a move, Trent. That was the way to do it. The uh, The closest two public lots were full by 545. Wow. Uh, you had to go down then the ones even further south and back away from the stadium even further to get those. I think by 730, those were filled mm-hmm. up. It was and getting you're in, getting there at what time? We pulled into town probably 630. We met uh, about 545 over... Oh, where was it? The uh, the Lifetime Fitness just off of Hickman there. Mm-hmm. Met there with a couple of my friends and rolled in that way. Made the decision we'd both kind of heard come in from the north as opposed to the south. That proved to be good. There is one public lot off on 4th Street. 
We saw there was an opening. Eh, let's check. We got a little closer to the stadium. You no. wanted to gamble, did you? Wrap back around, and we got the third to final spot in that public lot there. Is what did they dig you to park there? 40 bucks. Not awful. Not awful, no. I mean, they could have got whatever they wanted, let's right. be honest. And my buddy, he's a pro. He's got big truck. He's got the TV, Dish Network, and the, the setup that they have. Dish Network has this great, where you just buy this little dish that's covered up by plastic. It finds the signal there. And then we were able to watch ESPN, watch games throughout the day. So perfect setup there. We we're really in good shape. But closer to the stadium, you're right. Game day, not only did it look great, and there was some talk about different places. You know, They were talking about putting it different places no, that they, they wanted. found the right place. I think Iowa State pushed yeah. from what I heard to have Is that, that location, was? and they got it. Initially, well, they got the location. They didn't get the guest picker, but they right. got the location. <laughs> they got that part of it right. I, I think there was talk of maybe over closer to Hilton, doing it over there in Stevens, no. but there's some construction over there. Yeah, They got the right spot. It was absolutely perfect. They showed up in a big way, yeah. and they could have had, I mean, of course, the queue only allows whatever 800 people or whatever it is. They wanted they could have eight thousand in there. It was just crazy. The people milling around and shaking hands, and and the environment overall was great. I've seen this game have a lot of negative in energy around it, and I'm sure there were pockets ne- but, of that. What do you mean negative energy? Like the old five game was, I thought the most contentious that I had ever the seen. Fan base, yes. Hawkeye Cyclone. It, it really? felt like okay. everywhere you went, felt like there was a fight brewing. Mm. Now I was also in my early twenties at the time. Maybe that had something to do with it. Now I'm an old man walking around there with my gray hair. Nobody's going to come up and give me a bump or anything like that. But it gets worse. <laughs> it, gets, it does get worse. But I just I didn't feel that as often as I have in the past for this game. In, in Iowa City, you've seen that sometimes in the past. doesn't seem like it's, it's because of what, – what would be the reason for that? Can you think of anything? Mm, I think there was a lot of um, – this game could have gone either respect. way. Yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. that's the case. I mean, I saw a ton of pictures on Twitter – and I honestly, I guess if I would have checked, I'm sure I would have found some skirmishes or whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, I didn't see a lot of negativity. And, you know, people make up stories, I'm oh, sure, that, you know, they were accosted and really. Um, but whatever. And I did nothing. Right. To, uh-huh. to bring that on. Yes. But, yeah. but regardless, look, the, the, day it's, uh, the day was great. Our state... It was it's it's it was a great three hour infomercial for A Iowa State and B the Skyhawk game mm-hmm. in general. I thought it was wonderful. I thought the game was great. The delays just added to it. Look, the two thousand and nineteen rendition um of the Skyhawk game will always be remembered. It'll be remembered for the delays. Mm-hmm. It'll be remembered for game day getting to Ames for the uh first time. I'd say first time because I hope that there's more opportunities in the years to come for it to get back there. Uh, but you never know. Um but look we'll we'll talk about this game Trent for I don't know. Is this kind of like the the two thousand what year two thousand and two year with the, oh, yeah. the Seneca comeback? Mm-hmm. They had the triple overtime game. You had the streak being snapped finally with McCartney. He has a twenty eight point underdog. I mean, there are different uh, different uh, games that have played out that we seem to remember more. This one will be one of them we remember for a long, long time for a lot of the right reasons. Well, we talk about the Shaggy game or the yes. Seneca comeback game. We we kind of have these monikers that go into it. Want to call this one the Keith Duncan game? In ten years from now, when I'm retired listening to you do this yeah. uh, you'll have Keith Duncan on this week instead of Shaggy I don't know if it'll be remembered as the Keith Duncan game though but you unfortunately know what, Trent, and unfortunately so thank you for saying that because here's a kid kicked as a freshman mm-hmm. didn't kick at all for the last two years stuck around a North Carolina kid right not paying, like he's in a great point paying out of state yes. tuition this yes. isn't a kid from Keokuk this isn't a kid from Mason City this is a kid from out of state yep. paying out of state tuition mm-hmm. to be a Hawkeye yeah 
and finally got his chance this this year. And he's been great. He's been awesome. I mean, not just no. He's not going to be able to bomb fifty eight yarders. No, that's not him. But he can kick forty six yarders, mm-hmm. and he can make a thirty nine yarder with the game on the line, as he did. Yeah. But this he, game he did that as a freshman, right? If it gets a moniker, it'll be the punt return game. Yeah, for sure. The muff punt. Mm -hmm. That's how this will be remembered. Uh, So many things. I mean, look, Iowa State's offensive line. I'll throw that there right off the bat because we criticized them, and I think rightly so, for the effort against uh, you and I. Mm -hmm. Um, They bowed up. I mean, they were really, really good, I thought. Um, because that was one of the, you know, this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches. Boy, Tyler Linderbaum, by the way, on the other side, he's a nasty sess. He, he and showed I up, say that he? in a positive light. Yes. When he took Orion Vance for a ride mm-hmm. and then pushed him into the ground and then put his knee on his helmet <laughs> as he was getting up off of the ground, he's a mean, nasty Future NFL center uh, in the making here. Uh, Iowa State found their running back. Kane Nwongo needs to be the guy. Nate Stanley clutch as he always is. Keith Duncan, as we've said. Um, oh, so many little nuances to this football game. Some questionable decisions. Campbell punting again yes. from the 37-yard line. Come on, Coach Campbell. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, the, play, netted, the ball went into the end zone. It was a touchback and netted 17 yards. Does it feel like now back-to-back years that Matt Campbell is playing into Iowa's hands, playing the the fashion that he does? I I get it. He has worked to make Iowa State the most physical team in the Big 12. That is their moniker. That is how they play. salty, Trent. But when you go up against Iowa, Mm -hmm. Michigan is running this in the port. You play their game. You play them in a phone booth, booth, and there's times where— Because they're a nasty physical team, too. (laughs) And you do that, yes, that's what you want to be, but— you also have other things you can be good at. Uh-huh. And being a little bit more aggressive, not just a fake play, you know, the, the swing pass out there and the double pass and what Boy, that turned DJ into. Johnson bought, didn't he? Yes, Ooh. he did. And there wasn't any help over uh-uh. top either. There were, Kerner was not there waiting for that one. And Kerner had his, how about the knockdown at the end of the game? Yes, the, smart. The smarts that he had to knock. I mean, how many players, every NFL player picks that ball off, wants that stat, right? Yes. This kid knew to knock the field position. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's unselfish play right there. I thought that was one of the bigger plays um, in in a certain one of the more memorable plays, and it'll be lost in the shuffle as so many of them will yeah. be in 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 this particular football game. Also had the fumble recovery as the ball he was did? squirting away. Who knocked it out? Was it Stone? Geno Stone had the force of the fumble. Uh huh. And first and there then was it battered Neiman. around a couple. Of Neiman, times. I mean Neiman was right there. Uh huh. But it squirted out of him. Iowa State had a slight opportunity and it squirted free. And right away, when Kerner went down for it, there was another Iowa State player right there, and he was able to sneak it away and uh, get the fumble recovery there when it felt like Iowa State was marching. Mm-hmm. And they were going to take a two-score lead and, and open it up early. one of the bigger early. stories of the game, Trent. When yep. they got inside the, the Hawkeye territory, they couldn't score. While Iowa got in there, they couldn't miss. I mean, their field goals. Uh, but one of the bigger stories in the game, there was, I don't know, bend up break is the right way to describe it. You know what Brock Purdy, I think, needs to work on? Boy, we're all over the place, but that's <laughs> kind of like this game, right? Yeah, right. The read option, he seems to make the wrong call every time. I, I saw that a bunch. Instead, when he should be handing the ball off, he keeps the football. When it looks as though you, you know, if you hand the ball off, there's, there's some business to be, uh, uh, done there. But, like, I'm picking this. Brock Purdy's a sophomore. And it was his first game, uh, in, in this rivalry. And, boy, what a rivalry it was. Who'd think the best player on the field was? Because if I was anointing, if I was asked to make the player of the game, and it was mm-hmm. in the losing cause, I thought the player, the best player on the field was Greg Eisworth. 
Uh, he was player all over on the, the field. Place. Was great yes, I, I think that's a really good call, and they used him in so many different oh, ways. But good. he can defend. He can, of course, tackle. What did he end mm-hmm. up? 14, 15 tackles mm-hmm. in the game. Although Goodson knocked him. Did you see that run? Yeah. Goodson on the sideline there. He sent him airborne. But yeah, Eisworth is. He's such a smart player. Mm-hmm. Takes the right angles. Um, boy, he's good. Fun to watch. Look, I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, with the, these two teams going forward. I don't. I, I love the fact that the Hawks have a bye this week. I mean, selfishly, I wish they were playing, but it's the right time mm-hmm. for them to get their bye because they've got so many guys in that secondary banged up and hurt. Um, Iowa State, it was just, you know, the holding call was was an awful call, but that's one call. You know, Nate Stanley, here's what somebody's got to help me out with this one. The, and, and look, the, the, the fact that it was called intentional grounding opened the door for third and 22. Yes. So we'll always remember that play. But how can that be, how can that be intentional grounding when his arm is hit going forward? I mean, help me out with that. You, you, well, if you read the rule book, the rule book says that if a throw is altered because of contact with the arm, and it clearly was, then it's not. Intentional grounding, right? I thought that was a pretty simple call. I I thought now unless there's a unless there's a nuance of this rule that you glossed over and didn't ha- right because look it, his arm was hit. It was. There's a yeah. reason the ball didn't get to the line of scrimmage. Now was he looking to throw the ball away? I yes, don't know that he was. He, I mean, you could you could tell he was trying but to just could, get rid of it. But could the can the refs make that call knowing that his arm was hit on intent? Can they throw the flag when I his don't arm was think hit? So because you can't because I'm with you. I you think can't he was, assume. I think he was, but you can't assume. Right. And and the, the assumption is, yes, he was trying to get rid of the ball. Uh-huh. And was there somebody over there? And we can get into it. But we don't know where that throw would have ended up without his arm being hit. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that is what the rule Because he was states. out of the pocket. But that I think foul, he was. That following, yeah, he was out of the pocket. The, yeah, the, the following play, right. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have got that. That was, oh. when he's drafted, whenever it is, that is going Nate to be. Stanley you're talking about. Yes, that is yes. going to be part of the highlight package. Now watch this. Uh-huh. And this is why scouts love him. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm not sure he's ever Z- going to start in the league. No, I don't know. No. I mean, he's going to have enough. Look, if you're a backup in the league, you're going to get your opportunity. Or you're not going to be a backup for very long. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sage backed up in the league for a decade. Right. But when he was asked, or not asked, when he was sent into the game, he played. Um, Nate Stanley's going to have to play, but I think, like you, Trent, he's going to have his opportunity to play at that level. Let's get Mike in here. If you want to j- jump in the program, you're welcome to do so. We don't. Um, we'd love to talk to you. Two eight four five nine six six. Hey, Mike uh, Miller and Condon. How are you, Mike? Pretty good. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, I uh, just wanted to comment a little bit on the, the Greg Eisworth thing. I got to disagree with you a little bit. It seemed like he was extremely aggressive, and you have to give that to him. But I can count at least three times that I can remember where he had an Iowa running back dead to rights at the line of scrimmage missed, and it would ended up being a 9- to 10-yard gain. And I think that that uh, kind of gets blown off to the side. I thought the best player for Iowa State's defense was Melvin Spears, personally. Uh, Marcel Never Spears, you know, he had a good that, game. Yeah, he had a good game. And uh, and also another thing I'd like to comment on, I think it was a little bit uh, uh, pleasing for Iowa fans. I don't know if you guys saw the video of Matt Campbell being pretty tickled with himself with that trick play uh, that was on Twitter. Yeah, it looked like he was looking across the field. I mean, that's what we're led to believe, but I don't know. Yeah, he was pretty pleased with himself there. And, and, uh, yeah, I wonder if he's pretty pleased with himself now. It seemed like they had to pull the trick play out to beat our defense if it weren't for those – 
you know, backups of backups on the right side there and the cornerback. Well, you got to give Iowa State a little credit, Mike. That's a hell of a well, defense. No, I understand. I understand. I understand. I, I give their defense all the props yeah. in the world. I'm just saying that uh, I, I would have loved to have seen Iowa at full strength as well as their defense was. So. Mike, thanks anyway, for the love call. The show, guys. Yeah, thanks. appreciate it. Good, thanks, to, Mike. good to hear from you. And I think he's right on. These are two really good defenses. Oh, no doubt. Uh, on both sides. Yeah. You know, Iowa State gets 17 on the board. If it's a healthy Iowa secondary, yeah, you can make that argument. Mm-hmm. But Iowa's defense is going to be fine. They get healthy back there. That front seven, even though they haven't generated a pass rush, just three sacks now through three games. Mm-hmm. I think that is a concern. But they're going to be salty up front there. They're going to be very good. Iowa State, every time they needed to, they were able to get the stops throughout the football game. These are two good defenses that are going to win some games, I think, for both sides. Uh, David is next, two eight four five nine six six. Here's your chance if you want to get in here. We'd uh, love to hear from you. David, welcome to the program. How are you, David? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good morning. Morning. Hey, good. Hey, first off, yes, I want to reiterate, corners play was probably the smartest of the game. That kid from Dowling who's yep. a walk-on. That was incredible, smart play. You know, second, I want to say that the MVP for Iowa was the punter for Iowa State. Yes, the first, yes. The punt out yeah. of the end, end zone was a low-line drive. Yep. He returned Returnable. it to the 26-yard line. And he had two opportunities punting from the 45, 48-yard line and punted them both Mm -hmm. in the end zone. Mm -hmm. And I thought field position was huge in this game, and he gave them opportunity. Uh, I mean, he could have pinned them deep. So, I mean, that's mine. I mean, punters are huge. Fair point. And he, he was horrible. He sucked. So, David, thank you. Purple. Yeah, good point. You're absolutely right, especially the returnable one. Um, and the, the differences in this game, those little – was the punting game. Yeah, special teams. Sleep Dalton was excellent for mm-hmm. Iowa, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just the final one. and Not only, of course, what happened in that one, but think of the way that he was able to angle it over to the sideline there and not have a big return, if there was a return on that one. He was great. And, and we talked about last year, Iowa struggles the last two years at the punting game. And the way Iowa plays, you need to get those hitted yardage. And they got it in the game. Uh, time for a couple more calls if you want in. 284-5966. Mike is next. Hey, Mike. Good morning, guys. Uh, my son was up there for game day, and I told him to send me pictures of any good signs that they won't show. Yeah. What did you say? He what did he say? Guy, he sent them from some guy standing in the back. He says, I'm a Bison fan. There's no team in Iowa that can beat us. <laughs> that's pretty that's good. good. Yeah. Anything else, Mike? <laughs> nope, that's it. Thanks for the call. There was one kid. Now, I don't know if this was Photoshopped or not, but I saw this one on Twitter yesterday. Young kid, all decked out in Hawkeye gear. Looked like he had a little, ch- uh, what, you know, those chalkboards, whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. Which way to the baseball field? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Right? There was a lot of good. Now, of course, I didn't get to see all of them since I was bouncing around yeah. there. I'm sure you saw a few more. Also, the ones that don't get on TV, there's some good ones there. And, well, ones we can't exactly say on radio either. Sure. But, that, that, that was, was a also a fun day. part. People walking by and having their signs and the smiles on their face. What a day. No, it really was. And, I, and uh, I, I mean, the only one that mailed it in, I thought, on game day was, uh, was Eric Church. I mean, you, it's, Herb Street couldn't say enough good things about Matt Campbell. Corso was Corso. Uh, Reese Davis is a pro. Desmond is terrific. Even the um, uh, Maria Taylor and Pollock going out and interacting with the, with the people in the uh, – um, around their portion of the stage. It was, it was great theater. It really was. Our state showed up well, no doubt about it. Two eight four five nine six six. Uh let's get uh Kurt in here. Kurt, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey guys. Hey Kurt. No, I thought I thought one of and this one won't show up in the stat sheet, but one of the things that I thought really flipped 
the uh, the tide of the game was Iowa State was ahead, but they they uh, took that kickoff out of the end zone. He got tackled at the ten. Yes, block in the back. Yep, flips the field position. They punt. Uh, Iowa State has a nice, or excuse me, Iowa has a nice return, and I, I just thought that was a huge play. Um, and if you notice, the next two times that Iowa kicked off. We we fair caught it, and even on the and, punts uh, all day. I mean, twenty five. Yes, and and Kurt, I'm glad you brought that up because correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they've returned a punt this year, have they? It seems like they're fair catching everything, with that one exception on the kickoff, and that one came yeah. back to bite them. It was he was yeah. probably two or three yards in the yeah. end zone when he caught it. Brought it as soon as he brought it out. I thought, oh no, mm. this is not a good idea. And sure enough, I really think that that had a huge impact. Um, in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're an Iowa State fan, Kurt. I am. Uh, is Kane Nwongo the answer running back? Is he the guy? I think so. I do too. I, I really do at this point. And I, I know he he's not going to carry the load like a you know David Montgomery does. Right. But, but still, he's probably your number one guy. And uh, they've got some guys, some capable guys that can help him out as well. But I I thought he did a good job. I, the other thing I thought was I thought the Iowa State line. Did not look very good against you and I. No, terrible. I thought they played much, much better yep. against a really stout front line um, against Iowa. I was really pleased with the, the progress that they made in, in that couple-week period. No question about it. Kurt, thanks for the call. Appreciate you listening. Uh, Mark is next. Mark, you're with Miller and Condon on 1460 Kicks. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, guys. How are you all? Good. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I thought it was actually more of a horrible game for both teams. Hey, it was kind of sad, uh, probably into the third quarter, maybe that the most running backs was by both quarterbacks, most yards ran. That was pretty sad. Stanley was good running the football, too. Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, I'm not a Hawkeye fan, so that don't mean nothing to me. (laughs) 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 Sorry, just to be honest. All right. Um, Anything else? But, I mean, well, I think that, you know, with – the Hawkeyes actually playing all these run-to-win teams and even a sucky Iowa State team, it's going to be fun for them when they hit that gauntlet with the Michigan, Penn State, and all of that. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Real fun to watch. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate the call, and that's coming up uh, after mm-hmm. uh, after the bye week. Middle but, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then get ready for Michigan, Penn State back-to-back. Man, those games, Trent, which looked like they were going to be completely daunting. Mm-hmm. Penn State struggled with Penn. I guess a rivalry it game. It is, yep. It's a rivalry game, so... I was going to be close, but uh, anyways, I don't think there is. Um, you can't win these games like I right. thought that they were prior to the season start. Uh, Bob is next. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. A um, couple things. One, uh, does that that uh, field goal kicker for Iowa? Does he really not have a scholarship? He didn't. Yeah, no. He did not. As of now, he no, he's still walk on. Isn't that something? Man, okay, he should. Uh, yeah. He was an MVP. Brock Purdy falling down on that second to last drive mm-hmm. uh was huge i think that was probably as big a a, a mis- miscue for for them unfortunately it was the the loose turf for iowa state but the main reason i'm calling i uh that and you guys might have talked about this already i just turned the radio on a couple minutes ago but mm-hmm. help me explain if you can that that intentional grounding can't family was his arm did i did i not see that right Wasn't yes his arm Hit and can that still? So that can be an intentional grounding if you're getting a hit as you're throwing the ball. 
Uh, Trent and I, we, um, I mean, we we talked about this early. We don't know the answer. I don't think it can be. The rule book states that if your arm is hit in the throwing motion, that that is not intentional grounding because it impacts the throw and it shouldn't have been. No. I and you also, can't call it on. replay that and look at it for about five minutes that day? Can't, can't, that's one that you can't go back and look at. You can go back and look okay, at a lot of things, but not that one. I was, I was thinking they were replaying that one, uh, the refs, but maybe they were looking at something different on that play. Um, so if it's called on the field, then they can't go back and change it. I believe the only thing they can look at is if he was outside of the pocket. Or if it would have got to the line of scrimmage. Yes, those things. They, okay. they called it on intent is how we feel. We both think he was throwing the ball away. But how can you say definitively that that's what he was doing? You're trying to get inside yeah, he, Nate Stanley's he, 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 head. I don't, I don't think he intentionally got his arm hit. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Bob, thanks for the call. Uh, right, appreciate it. Uh, i got time for a couple more. 284-5966. Dylan Mont's coming up at about oh, 10.35-ish or so. Uh, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football. I thought the Big 12, by the way, had a really good weekend. Kansas winning on the road. K-State winning on the road. Uh, I guess where I'm going is maybe the bottom of the Big 12 is a little saltier than some of us originally thought. And the middle of the Big 10 down a little bit more than we anticipated? Yes, for sure. Nebraska had a big win, but hmm, not sure that they beat. Um, Anyways, Uh, Michael, this will be our last call in this segment. Appreciate you folks uh, chiming in here this morning. Michael, how are you? Gentlemen, good morning. What's on your mind, Michael? As a Hawkeye fan, I just want to thank Matt Campbell for choosing to punt from his 37. Yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? choosing to go for it on 4th and 13. Yeah, I don't know why he does that. He's been uh, reluctant to do that in, um, in the UNI game. Hmm. And then, uh, I mean, it netted 17 yards, Michael. Can't do that. Can't. No. Not in a game like this. Michael, anything else? Nope, nope, that's it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate the call. All right, we'll take a timeout. We will come back. Dylan Montz will join the program. We'll save some time at the uh, in the 11 o'clock hour if you didn't get in or have something on your mind uh, to share. Uh, Skates had three, one pass thrown to him, I think, and then I don't recall seeing him on the field again. He was a guy that I anticipated I we'd see too. more of. Speaking of too. wide receivers, mm-hmm. two snaps for Oliver Martin. Yeah, what was up there? Is, this, I... is he? Is, can he just not get into that? Before the announcement happened, remember, he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Before right. the announcement that he was going to be eligible. Is it that? Or the two guys ahead of him have elevated their game to a level where he's now in the rightful fair. place on the depth chart? Yeah. Regani and Tracy have played well in the they slot. have. No doubt about it. No doubt. We'll take They're too out. deep for Oliver Martin to play. Think about that. <laughs> Wild. Uh, <laughs> good problem to have. Oh, fun game. It was a fun game. We'll um, come back with Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO in the 11 o'clock hour. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football. Boy, the end of the Arizona State-Michigan State game oh. was... And the Pac-12 officials blew another one. Not um, a shocker there, right? It's not a shocker there, but you cannot leap on another guy's back in an attempt to block the field goal. I was watching it live. I was screaming at my TV at the time, uh, but they let it go, and then just a crazy, crazy inning. Too many guys on the field. Anyways, we'll go around college football with Bama uh, at 11.05. 
Uh, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. We're going to switch places with Doc this week. I'll push Doc further into the week and get Mark before he goes fishing instead of just a wishing. Uh, let's get Dylan Monson here. Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Uh, he joins us to recap. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Dylan Monson. How are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, you know what? Let's do the injuries first of all before we get into the game. I didn't see anything. I thought Mike Rose got dinged up on the uh, uh, on Smith when he was uh, leaping in, in the air. I thought he landed on Rose and he came down awkwardly. That's kind of the only thing I saw, and I'm not even sure that that you know would show up anywhere because he got back into the football game. But were there anything? Uh, any injuries that came out of it that you were um, um, told about after the game? You know, it didn't really come up. So I think Iowa State got out of it relatively healthy. And obviously there's still concerns about Colin Newell and maybe what his timeline is. Uh, I, I might have mentioned it to you guys. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until the Baylor game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to probably try to roll with the same offensive line to Louisiana Monroe just to give him another week, and then you can kind of reevaluate then maybe there. But Braxton Lewis, I think, is still working back into it. Uh, Kane Nwangu. Although he played. Uh, Lewis was on the field, right? Yeah, he was. Right, right. Yeah. he was on the field. I, he, not as much as I thought. Maybe. Right. So I think there's still some things maybe he's trying to get back into. Kane Nwangu was in there, obviously. Yep. Carried the ball really well, but his role was a little bit limited. So it's it's more so guys coming back instead of just um, you know straight up being hurt from that game, which uh, for Iowa State is fortunate given – um, how many weeks in a row they have to play. You know, you, you, know, you mentioned Kane Nwongo. I think Iowa State's found their primary ball carrier when he's healthy. His speed and his size uh, at six one as opposed to Johnny Lang's not anywhere as big, but that, you know, you can get around that. But I thought Nwongo just gives them that extra burst. Is he going to find his way at the top of the depth chart assuming he gets back to full health? Yeah, I think the, the burst that you mentioned is the biggest thing that he provides because Brees Hall and Johnny Lang, even though they, they have nice skill sets, they don't quite attack the, the openings as well as uh, as Kane does. I think he really kind of see, sees the gaps and, and, and really can kind of attack them. And even if he only gets two or three yards on a carry, it's given you um, positive situations instead of getting hit right at the line um, and, and maybe setting you up for a second and long or a third and long. So I think uh, just his vision but also his, his ability to really attack uh, attack the, the the gap that the offensive line creates for him probably sets him apart a little bit more. So I, I think even um, in the Northern Iowa game, before he got hurt, uh, he had some really nice carries as well and uh, and, and can hit the edge uh, really nice. He has the, that burst of speed out there as well. So I think he's probably the odds-on favorite to be the, the, the feature, at least for now, um, just given some of the things that he can do um, from the point of attack. You know, we talked about injuries there at the top, an injury that we haven't heard a ton about, Corey Dunn the punter that was lost during the summer. It said at the time, potential season ender after the performance from Avera, some of the issues that we've seen in the punting game. Have you heard, is there any chance at all he could be back, maybe even for November, something like that? Uh, we haven't talked about it in a while, and it might be good to, to get an update at some point. Um, yeah, Rivera's done fine. Um, obviously, that last punt that gave Iowa the short field mm-hmm. um, it was a tough one. Um, it was all kind of set up, actually, by the, the poor return from Johnny yeah. Lang. Right. Um, just You're punting out of your own end zone. Um, and, and maybe that punt was a little bit too much of a line drive mm-hmm. and easily set up a return, but... Um, I, I don't know if the, the onus is totally on him. So I think they'll they'll be comfortable going with him for a while. And then, um, you know, if there are struggles in the future, maybe they reevaluate. But as, as of now, I think they're, 
they're okay with with what um, Joe Rivera gives them. One of the big talkers uh, leading up to the football game was Iowa State's offensive line and how in the world they're going to be able to protect Brock Purdy. I thought they passed with flying colors, and I certainly didn't think that was going to be the case after what we witnessed against Northern Iowa, especially the two tackles. Uh, Good Jones and Meeker got beat, uh, you know, a couple of times against you and I. The the Meeker uh, holding call, the offsetting penalty there, that that one's tough to swallow. I get it, but overall, especially when we're talking about a you know a ninety four who was across the line of scrimmage from them is a top ten, top five pick for sure in next year's draft, and he was really you know a non factor in the football game. Uh, the offensive line that's as good as I've seen them play, Dylan Montz. Yeah, and, and that's been my kind of concern um, dating back in, until spring practice and everything. But I thought. You know, Julian Jones takes a lot of grief, um, you know, for some of the stuff he's given up at left tackle. But I thought he came out and played really, really well and, and had a lot to handle, obviously, like we mentioned with AJ Epinesa. So, the, the, and, and we've talked about the reshuffling, too, and Colin Olsen moving to center, Trevor Downing get his first start at left guard. Um, so there's there's been some shakeups there, obviously. But I thought, um, you know, for as much turmoil and as much heat as, as that group has taken, they came out and played really well and did give the running backs a chance at times um, to go out and, 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 and get the running game going of sorts. And, and Brock Purdy running a little bit more helped that as well. So um, I think, uh, you know, even though it's a loss, there's some tough things that, uh, you know, Iowa State fans and the team have to swallow. Um, having that group come out and play uh, significantly better than they did in week, week one is, is encouraging and, and bodes well for maybe what they can do here um, down the road once they kind of clean up some of those other uh, little detail things, as Matt Campbell called them. Final play of the game before, of course, the kneel downs for Maiwan, the punt return, Datron Young running into the returner. Was he available after the game? Did he get a chance to talk with him? It's got to be just absolutely devastating. Yeah, Datron Young was not available. Deshante Jones was. Um, you know, and he said as unfortunate as it was, and it just is, is kind of one of those things. Uh, you go back and watch the film, um, and even talking to Jones, he said, um, you know, Daytron Young was just trying to take the, the mm-hmm. blocker out of bounds and um, obviously didn't know how close he was to Deshante. So it's just, um, you know, miscommunication, one of, those, one of those things. He was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to get the blocker taken taken away. He probably didn't know there was a fair catch. So um, just is kind of an unfortunate um, way to end for Iowa State, but kind of an encapsulation of some of the detail things that Iowa State did not do well that Iowa uh, almost always does well in, in these types of games. They they come out and, and play really clean and, and don't beat themselves, and Iowa State, again, still trying to figure out um, some of the turnover issues they have against the mm-hmm. Hawkeyes and, and some of those, those penalties that they, they still have to clean up. Uh, Brock Purdy, we we talked about it after the U and I game. Is is he hurt? I mean, what, what's wrong with Brock Purdy? You know, and, and I'm starting to believe that that is was legitimately the game plan against you and I. Is you're just going to keep him under wraps, even though the game goes into triple overtime. I mean, that's swinging a pair if the game plan continued to be in place. But this was the quarterback that we saw last year. This was Brock Purdy of old. I still think that you know some of the read options when he decides to keep the ball as opposed to handing it off the one that he fell on uh the running back was just all by himself had he given the ball uh the defensive end crashed down on the qb as opposed to the rb um but purdy looked like brock purdy again which was a positive sign which leads me to believe there was no injury against you and i that was legitimately going into it how they were going to you know keep him outright and play the game from the pocket yeah i think they just wanted to obviously keep it as vanilla as possible and then really kind of open things up against iowa and you saw 
obviously some of the trick plays they try to run with the pitch back to Deshante Jones, throwing it to Michael Petway, and um, they even try to do it again. So I think there could be some sort of things where they disguise Jones as a runner or a passer. But I think just the way Brock Purdy um, is able to to make decisions on the fly, whether it's you know a design run, he can kind of he has that same burst, and that, obviously not to the degree that Kanae Wongu does, but the same kind of intent um, when he goes to take off for a run. Um, so he, he can be really effective there. And, um, you know, he obviously had the fumble, which is a little bit, um, you know, ironic. He saves uh, saves the game against Northern Iowa and then fumbles one, obviously in a costly situation where it looked like Iowa State could have gone and got some points out of it. But um, I, I thought he played really well and was just dynamic. Again, like you mentioned, of old, um, just the way he was kind of maybe able to keep the defense off balance at times. So um, more encouraging things from him, I guess, as, as you kind of look forward to. Dylan, certainly a stinger from an Iowa State perspective, but really everything's still in front. This was a non-conference loss. Oklahoma's looking ridiculously good. Maybe the conference as a whole looking even better, but everything's still in front of this team here. You bounce back, and now it's Louisiana Monroe this week, and just from having game day and the hype all week mm. long, to a Sunbelt team that come in, the last team to beat Alabama in a non-conference game, Louisiana Monroe. They had Florida That's State really? on the ropes a week Look, ago. Trent, they were in overtime, and the kicker missed a point in, in, in overtime, an extra point. This is a solid Sun yes. Belt team coming in here, and all of a sudden... With a bunch of seniors and skill yes. positions, and you get three touchdowns, what am I missing? What does Matt Campbell have to do to keep this team from coming out flat? Yeah, I, I think he probably points to the Florida State film, and it's like, um, you know, as tough as that Iowa game is to swallow, as as much as they're looking forward to getting into Big 12 play and, and making the run there, um, Louisiana Monroe is no pushover. Mm-hmm. So finding ways to clean up those mistakes, the, the penalties, uh, obviously, um, you know, there, there weren't flags all over the field in that game, but uh, the false start when you get across the 50 puts you back. Um, the holding is obviously, um, that was a tough one to swallow as well on the offsetting penalties finding ways to avoid those. Um, the, the turnovers have to disappear. So, um, you know, I, I think it's it's got to be a thing where Iowa State, as much as they are, are going to respect Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe and some of the, the challenges they present, it, I think it's about cleaning up themselves a little bit and um, hoping the offensive line can continue to play the way it did, having Brock Purdy come out and, and be, be effective again. The receivers help them out. The running game get going. Uh, you know, the defensive line create pressure up front. So, uh, I, I think it's all kind of those things combined and not necessarily what Louisiana Monroe does, but um, certainly they do present challenges. Uh, Dylan Montz is our guest. Ames Tribune is where you can read Dylan. Uh, I still don't get why Matt Campbell is punting uh, in the situations where he is punting the football. Again, 37-yard line, he punts, it goes into the reverse ends into the end zone, into the end zone. that's a net 17 yards. I don't think we've seen a punt returner Try and return a punt for Iowa State this year. Uh, the only one, the, the only kick that they've tried to take out, you mentioned it earlier, was the one that got him in trouble with Johnny Lang, and then the uh, flag thrown on top of that, uh, setting them back. What what's going on with the special teams here? A the Campbell's uh, insistence upon punting where he does, and the fact that they're not even trying, that the arms going up very quickly, that they would rather fair catch. They must have some analytical reason behind that, right? Yeah, and then that's something we haven't really gotten into, but I think a lot of what his philosophy is is playing the low-possession game and playing the field-position game and really trying to create um, mismatches to, to flip the field. He, he's not as, as willing to take risks, even from um, moderate distances, say at the 
the 40 yard line or the you know the 42 yard line and they did line up to go for it once um from fourth and i think it was fourth and three um from that you know 35 to 40 yard range um going into the iowa territory but um the the false start set them back and they ultimately opted the punt so i think a lot of it is just uh, trying to play the field position game but i think as Iowa State kind of gets into the season, you get more into those situations against teams that have more potent offenses. Not, not to call Iowa's not potent, but just to, um, you, you really got to probably take a little bit more risk because they're going to have to score points. As good as that defense is, mm-hmm. they got to find a way to put the ball in the end zone uh, more regularly, obviously, than they have so far. This Iowa State team better worse about how you anticipated. Just two games in, 10 to go during the regular season. Where are they in your mind? Yeah, they're... Uh, I had picked Iowa State to go 3-0 and in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. I think some of the, the issues and inconsistencies um, I didn't necessarily anticipate, um, you know, in some of these games with the penalties and, and not being able to really drive the ball once they get across midfield. But uh, overall, they're probably pretty close to where I thought they'd be. Um, you know, I, I think the, the defense has kind of lived up to some of the things that people thought, especially on the line. Um, you know, I think um, Brock Purdy was uh, come out. He's come out and, and been efficient. I, I think the running backs is, is the work in progress. Um, the wide receivers looked a little bit more, um, you know, the, uh, versatile. I, I think he was able to go across the field a little bit more to find some of those guys. But um, in, in the Iowa game, but I think they're probably about where I thought they'd be. Um, and um, I think the Louisiana Monroe game will actually be pretty telling in, in terms of um, which direction they could be pointed, though, because, you know, Northern Iowa is usually going to be a tough out. Iowa's um, obviously always a tough out. So um, this is a team, even as good as they are, you should come out and put your foot down on. And, um, you know, I, I think that could be kind of um, a signal as to where this Iowa State team could go going in the Big 12 play. How did the students get on? Well, you know how they got on the field. They, they jumped over the, the wall and came running. But but how was that? Did, did, did the security pack up and just leave everybody on their uh, on their own to do what they wanted? Was it was like their honor system. You sit there and you be good. Because <laughs> work. I mean, you knew that was asking for trouble. How did that happen? Yeah, it looked like the security guards actually kind of ran to seat cover themselves, which is, um, I don't know how you get by with that. I mean, it's obviously it sucks. They got to, if the students are still there, they, they've got to sit there and, and kind of protect the field a little bit. But if, if they're going to want to go and, and kind of take shelter underneath, they have to find a way to actually get people out of the stadium. So, um, you know, obviously the, it's, the students shouldn't have been on the field, but I think it's a security issue to not, um, to not have the people obviously standing there or getting people out of the stadium. One of those two has to happen. But it was a, it was kind of a crazy scene there for a few minutes. There, there were kids everywhere. It was, it was nuts. I'd never seen anything quite like that, obviously, um, you know, when the teams weren't even on the field. Uh, good stuff, Dylan Monts. We'll talk to you on Friday. We will preview the Warhawks and the Cyclones. They collide at 11 o'clock. FS1, I think it's the same broadcast crew. Not that it would matter to you, Dylan. You're sitting in the press box viewing the game live. But for us at home, I think it's the same crew uh, that uh, did Cyhawk is, is right back there. Dylan, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Come back, finish the hour. Miller and Condon. Did you see Rizzo twist his or, or roll his ankle? Not many Cubs left. Good thing Ooh. they have an expansion of 40 on the roster. Jeez, Trent, that was nasty. Now, this, have you seen anything on Twitter about Because he's doing an MRI today. Yeah. X-rays were negative. Look, they need the first baseman. That would help. But, boy, they scored a pile of runs this weekend, didn't they? Pirates. Ooh, it is the Pirates, true. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, since he comes to town this weekend, right? Yes, they do. They do. That's what it is? Yeah, at least to begin the week, Cincinnati is at Wrigley. 
Um, and then they go to, does the Cardinals come there? Cardinals have to pay a visit before they end the season. And it's down to two. Yeah, but Brewers aren't going away. They're not. They're still Cubs three back. T- Cubs. Twins took two or three from the Indians? They did. They took the doubleheader on Saturday and then lost yesterday. That's what I thought. But still, four and a half. Four and, and a half. And now all, we're uh, at that point where it's Royals, White Sox. No, Royals, Tigers, White Sox. Yeah. I mean, it lightens up significantly. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 14. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes of the first hour of the week. This nugget from Brent Bloom. Bloomy passes on the last 10 years in college football teams that gained 7.7 yards per play. Mm Mm-hmm. And allowed no more than four point three yards per play were four hundred and ninety eight and one. Now they're four ninety eight and two, as Iowa State uh, fell into that category. Minus two in the turnover margin. We'll yeah, do it was that. huge, absolutely huge. Help me. Uh, so the Baylor game uh, kickoff time has been announced. Two thirty kickoff. It'll be ABC, ESPN, or ESPN two. But the most important part. 2.30 kickoff for that one. Iowa-Michigan. That, Perfect. No, no, no. Iowa-Middle Tennessee play that day. I was, I was thinking a, a week yes, forward. Yes, It's Iowa-Middle Tennessee that day. Well, they don't, they're not on top of each other, which is a win for us. Well, not, not so fast. I haven't seen an announcement for Middle Tennessee. I was thinking a week forward. I it was already announced at 11, no? That's Michigan, but that's October 5th. Oh, okay. That bye week threw me off in here yeah, for the Hawkeyes. Iowa-Middle Tennessee's not playing at 2.30 in the afternoon. You never know. ESPNU... Yeah, I guess maybe. Uh, Cyclone Jerry wants to chime in. How are you, Jerry? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wish the Big Ten Big 12 referee could call the calls as it happens on the field. The one referee just walks away from it. And, and you know, that's, yeah, it's a big game. So a lot of people talking, bring in the Southwest crew and let them pick it up, and and do a job. Okay. That way it's going to square the both teams. I know when Kurt gets a file, he almost cries and stuff. Well, I can't help it. That's the game of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just as good as teams they are. Our defense showed that they could get in there. Uh, they had trouble getting in their heart offense. Uh, with the rain delays, I thought the Cyclone played just good. The Hawkeyes did, and because I'm a Cyclone man, and uh, never would have guessed. <laughs> well, you know me, and I, I am going to say my piece, and and stuff, and uh, uh, I found that game as bad as anybody else. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry, good to talk to you. Be well, okay? Well, I'm well. Oh, I You sound great. Just a little down. A little down today. Hey, well, I've had a hard weekend. I work hard and only. Here's the good news 11 and 1, Jerry. 11 and 1, right? Right. And we ain't done, and we'll take care of business. We've got the best coach. He knows how to do it and get them up. 
And I see him off every Friday. Because mm-hmm. he's going to the hotel or he's going out of town. And he loves it because I'm there. I talk to Dan McCartney mm-hmm. and the boys. And uh, they're very glad I'm there because I have high spirits. And our season eagle. We are here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.